Trust in God and God will make your path straight and in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. With many of the saints that we come across each and every part of the year, we tend to find information that we can use. And St. Linus does have some information, but then as you follow the lines of information, you find that some things are true and some things have been proven as false. And there's all these um, different things that St. Linus has done that may or may not have been true at different times. But there is a truth that St. Linus has. And as the Bishop of Rome, he was someone that loved God. He was someone that loved his people. He was someone that kept the word of God as sacred and held on to the faith that was before him. He was someone that was there for his people. And very often we think of the bishop, and most all bishops are available to us, and over time you'll find different bishops invited and coming to be with us. But the bishops these days don't deal with the things of the Roman soldiers coming to wipe out a whole community of people. They don't deal with crosses, walking past crosses and seeing the people that they preached to the week before hanging from them along the streets of Rome. You see, that's what our bishops of Rome had to do in the first part of the early church. They served their people, but the people that they preached to lived in fear were persecuted and were found dead on crosses hanging along the streets as an example to others not to follow Jesus. So it's an interesting time when we, try and when we say the word bishop and we try and compare what we think a bishop is with what would have been in the early church. So I ask you to reframe the thought for a little while as we, as we go into a bit of a time warp and just think of the bishop as being someone who was standing the line for those that couldn't stand the line for themselves and in a very real way. And the closest example I can find in the most recent history is when Bishop Huggins and Bishop Paul Barker were put into a cage outside the hotel when, um, where the asylum seekers were, if you could remember back then. They stood the line to show what social justice was doing to their people, to show justice to show what social justice was doing just to people, even if they weren't Christian. So they're the sort of images I would like you to take forward as we think of St Linus in, as a person, a human being who took on a calling. And St Linus was mentioned in the Bible in 2 Timothy 4 verse 21. He's included as part of a team with Eubulus, Claudia and Pudens. And they were together in a group preaching and sharing the gospel with their community. And he would, and being a disciple of Paul, he would have been quite active. I'm sure Paul, Paul wouldn't have let him just sit on the sidelines. He would have, come on, let's go, let's keep going, let's keep moving, let's keep doing things. And so he would have been very active in spreading the, the gospel and releasing the kingdom. As tradition has it, and most, most of the research I can find agrees with this idea, that St. Linus was anointed the Bishop of Rome after, after Peter was martyred. And so as we look to St. Linus, we look at what can this, as we looked to St. Matthew last week about things that we could be inspired to do in our discipleship, 
What can St. Linus speak to us in this day? And we're in a very unique position because I think we're one of the only Anglican churches that has a Roman Catholic Pope as one of their patrons. So it's one of those amazing times that we can reach into other communities. Well, the first thing we can see is faith energised by God. We spoke about, at our parish conference, we spoke about the idea of having our faith energised and doing things in the parish with our faith on fire and filled with the Holy Spirit, doing things to love and serve each other in the Spirit of God and to love and serve the community that surrounds us without prejudice or favour. And as we do, as we look at the Gospel reading, we see that. We see that St Peter is full of faith and someone who would have taken St Peter's place at that time would have had to have equally have been filled with that faith. The faith that says, God is the one that empowers me to do what I need to do. And so we have this, this set of readings which sometimes is used in a corporate sense to define what a pope is or to define what bishops are. But I'd like to use it in terms of defining what we are as disciples. Especially that part that says whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. Yes, there's a corporate feel to it. But as a disciple, as, a, as the Bishop of Rome, as the person replacing Peter, he would have had needs. He would have had things that he needed God to work on. And so in praying to God, he would have bound heaven into those needs that he had. You see, we have that capacity as well. When we discern something is real and something is required, we can bind the power of heaven into that moment to support us and to help us. In many ways from the parish conference, I have bound the parish to pray for and develop a sense of unity, to look at our purpose as a parish with two worship centres moving forward as one, to look at the things that divide us and to allow God to open those, our eyes to the things that divide us and to move those out of the way so that we can have a united parish, a parish that serves God. And so I have bound heaven to help me with that. I pray every day. I ask you to pray every day. I ask you to change the patterns of behaviour, the us and them type wording versus our brothers and sisters at St Linus and our brothers and sisters at St Matthew's. I've bound the power of heaven to help us with that. And we're going to need it to change in a real and, and in a soulful way only happens by an act of the Holy Spirit. And so we need the Holy Spirit to be with us. And so as a disciple, I use this passage to bind the power of heaven into that moment. And there are needs and issues that you might have. I know as a parent I have a need for, for my son Benjamin who's having an interview at 12 o'clock today and was at St Linus's rather than here and he's going to Aldi for an interview. So I'm binding the power of heaven to make sure that you know, he doesn't say too much and you know what 20-year-old you know boys can be like? You know, they promise the world and all of a sudden they, you ask them what they're doing and... Uh, they can't, they go, oh, I'm not sure, I'd have to think about that. So <laughs> I am so binding the power of heaven to get him through his interview. I did say, and I can share this because he's already said, he wore his suit today and he freaked me out. I thought, what is he doing? Yeah. You know, he wore his oh. suit. I thought, I said to him, gee, you look like an undertaker. 
But that's another story. So we bind the power of heaven. But the other part to this is we can also loose heaven. We can say to God, Lord, I am praying for this, but I need you here more than anywhere else. So this idea of loosening and binding is something that we can do. And as the Bishop of Rome, St. Linus would have been loosening and binding his prayers into the people that were dying for the faith, the people that were being persecuted, the people that were in jail, being starved for 40 days until they died, having awful, torturous deaths. We pray for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine who are having torturous experiences. We pray for the people in Afghanistan, for the women in Iran. We pray for our friend, brothers and sisters in the subcontinent where churches are being burnt down. There are lots of places in the world where we pray for God to be bound to because by the power of, only by the power of God can some of these situations be changed. And then we come to the reading of Hannah, the beautiful song of Hannah as it's often referred, referred to. A person who was, I guess, she was barren and she wanted to have a child and hence... Samuel has a whole two books dedicated to about this amazing child that was a, a miracle birth. But in the Song of Hannah, it talks about the reversal of fortunes. You see, the song refers to people that lorded over. I'm, I've got, look at me, I'm married, I've got children, and you've got nothing. So I've got the blessing of God and you've got nothing. That was Hannah's experience. In the Song of Hannah, she says, Lord... Those people have everything, but they don't have you in their hearts. And she's so grateful that she had to go through her suffering because it allowed her to experience the love of God in her place. You see, that is St. Linus. As someone that picked up the journey from St. Peter, he was into looking at the reversal of fortunes. For himself, he left his home in Tuscany and he, and he left his father and the wealth that was there. He had, the, he had the, the fields and, the, and the, all, the, all the luxury items that he could have asked for. But he stepped away because he knew that there was a reversal of fortune in the spiritual world. His wealth was not going to give him the love of God, but his own journey was. And so we come, come into the Song of Hannah, which asks us to pray to God, to know how blessed we are in whatever circumstances we might find ourselves. It reminds us that whatever circumstances we're in, they don't define the love of God. Just because things are tough doesn't mean God has walked away from us. Just because things are hard doesn't mean that God is looking somewhere else. In our hardships, in our joys and our hardships, our Lord is always there. And we're reminded of that through through the Song of Hannah, but we're also reminded of that by St. Linus and his actions. Being persecuted Christians, being people that were um, being challenged in their faith and to know that God was with them. What an amazing spiritual gift that he was imparting on the people that were around him. And so I ask you to look to our patron saints to impart that on you to allow St Linus to speak to you in your circumstances, whether you think of the parish or your life or someone else's life that's in hardship, just to remind yourself that wherever, wherever we are at, whether we're in our joyous moments or in our sufferings, our Lord is always with us.
We are not alone and our Lord will bless us in every situation that we're in. You may not like the situation we're in and I'm not saying we, all, we, we have to, but I'm certainly saying that you can't use the situation you're in as a marker to say whether God is or is not in your life. God is with us always. And if we're energised by faith, then we will know that in each circumstance. And then the final thing, that the final reading I included for today was the reading from St Peter that talks about the word of God and the glory of God and knowing who the people are that we can rely on to guide us into salvation. To know what it means to listen to people who speak to us about living the truth of the gospel in our lives. We have those experiences where sometimes we might have listened to someone speaking. My dad had this saying, you know, he's very, he speaks very well but he's hard to listen to. You know, those moments where someone might be quite eloquent in what they say but what they're saying is, a, is an untruth or something that's not quite, there's something not quite right with it. And St. Peter is a lot speaking about those sort of things in his, in his book. He's talking about those people that might share the gospel or talk about the word of God and yet it's not living, it's not fulfilling your spiritual journey. We need to always discern what is before us. And St. Linus, as was St. Peter, as would the saints that followed him as the Bishop of Rome, they would have had to discern the information that was coming from their people to know whether it was an action that God wanted them to change or whether it was actually the wrong thing to do and, we need, and they couldn't go down that path and they had to hold the course. You see, something that you're priest might say that challenges you and you might not like to do doesn't mean it's the wrong thing. I know at different times in my life I've listened to preachers and I've been perturbed and I haven't been happy with what they've said because I've had to look into my, my, my own heart. Sorry, Grant. I'm, I'm just lifting my microphone there. That's me. Um, so that uh, I might have not liked what was being said but I had to change myself. I wasn't happy with that. But yeah, it was a truth. And yet there were times when people have shared truths that I just went, no, that's not going to lead me to salvation. That's not filling my spirit. That's not leading me to God's glory. So as we look, as we look, to, as we look to our patron saint, we always remember that St Linus kept the basics of the gospel message close to his heart. As one who ministered with Paul, he was very direct in what the gospel was. That the Lord Jesus Christ came to die for us, die for our sins so that we could enter eternal life. And whilst the Bible wasn't um, in its current form when St Linus was around, there was certainly canon scripture from the Jewish Parts of, the, parts of the community that they could work on. And so in working on those, and, and so in using those scriptures, St Linus could challenge people to grow their faith. He could look to the prophets for the words that they needed. And he could also rebuke people if they were not, if they were not following a path to salvation. On our patronal days, 
I like to think of us as revisiting some of the things that we do, some of our essential questions. So this year I'm asking you to think about how you are going with your prayer life. As you pray, do you call on the power of heaven to energise your faith? Do you call on the power of heaven to come into your moments of darkness and help you move through them? When you come to communion, do you soak in the presence of God when you participate in the body and blood of our Christ? Do you allow Jesus to abide in you as you are abiding in Jesus? Do you sometimes come to services on autopilot thinking to yourself, well, this sermon, I think it's time now, so... Or whatever your th- wherever your thoughts might go. Because Look, I know when I've gone to pray, sometimes my mind's banged out and I'm doing the Lord's Prayer and I'm not even engaged with it. Let's get real. We're humans. Our minds drift. Our thoughts drift. And it's not a, it's not a judgment. It's just an awareness. Where are you at? Because if that idea is asking you to drift into another thought, maybe the Lord's asking you to stop praying the Lord's Prayer and go and address that thought so that you can come and engage with him. See, being distracted from God doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. It just means something that you have to capture and hold and know whether that's a prompting from God or a distraction from Christ. Do we hear the word of God and ignore it? Do we make unity a priority by loving those that love us? as well as those who challenge us? Are we disciplined in living out the fruits of the Holy Spirit so that people can tell that the Spirit of God lives inside us even before we say one single word? Do our thoughts, words and deeds speak with great volume about the way we are devoted to God and the way we are in our actions being Christ-like. St Linus's inspiration as one that follows on from Peter as the Bishop of Rome is significant for us as it requires us to incorporate the power of heaven into our discipleship, be aware of God's presence in our lives each and every moment and to be wary of changing those things that are the essential message for us as we move forward. So enjoy the rest of the week. Catch those thoughts that might be distracting you from God and allow those thoughts that empower your relationships to grow and to be nurturing in your relationship with our Lord God. The Lord be with you.